Getting a tasty breakfast sandwich with a quality cup of coffee, that's a morning victory. Getting it served quick and at a great price, that's like a morning victory with a parade and a marching band. Get a sausage McMuffin for $1 and add any size hot drip coffee for just a dollar more on McDonald's one two three dollar menu. Hot and tasty, fast and easy. That's breakfast at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to another epic edition of the Jerry Jones Show. Hosted by Jerry Jones, along with his sidekick, Kevin Anderson. Each and every episode is guaranteed to increase your profits and decrease your stress in dentistry. Welcome to the show. Um, well, look, let's let's move on. I mean, because that's that's a great topic. You, you know, that's a seminar topic. Um, sure. And so, I mean, we could, we could talk for hours on that. Um, so, in your consulting practice, when you work with a dentist, can you sort of take our listeners and me um, sort of through what you do? I mean, I, I'm assuming you probably start with a diagnostic and some sort of a you know consultation. Um, sure. Take us through sort of what what things are you looking for? Big indicators that you're like, oh man, if you don't have X, then you really need it. If you're doing Y, you should be doing Z instead. Sort of take us through that if you could. Well, you know, you're right. I mean, when, when we look at, at, at working with a doctor in, a, in some type of coaching relationship, I want to know as much about the doctor as I possibly can get. So, again, I have them start a spreadsheet, which will give me basic information, hours, operatories, uh, staffing, uh, production by uh, provider, uh, kind of the cost, uh, their overhead, emails, um, production, new patients, number of direct referral patients. Uh, I look at their schedules. I, I use some software data to look at all their social networking, uh, their website. And, and then I just sit down and generally the first question I ask them, I usually spend about an hour to two hours on the phone with them just talking about this. Uh, with the idea that it's just a discussion, I, you know, I'm probably not going to come up with any great ideas. I just, I really just want to visit and find out what he thinks or she thinks her practice looks like. And, and I'm always kind of amazed uh, in that regardless of their production level uh, or their collection level, the number of new patients or direct referrals or any of those those analytics and benchmarks that we use to look at practices, uh most of them think they've got a pretty good practice, and they think they only have one problem. And, uh, you know, you, you look at these folks, and, and so I just try to help them see kind of where they are. Uh, now, if, if where they are is where they want to be, awesome. They've got a great practice. I mean, and I've run into doctors who, after a seminar, goes, Mike, I'll, you know, I want you to – actually, one from Chicago, actually. Uh, and I don't remember the little town, but it was about an hour's drive north of Chicago around the lakes there. Uh, but he'd worked for – another doctor, working evenings, all day Friday, all day Saturday. Uh, he had a little closet that he kept all the supplies in, and part of his job was to clean the office for the old doctor as part of his lease. He did about 500 a year, but lived, I mean, his total overhead was around 11 12%, lived on <laughs> the next 20% and saved the rest. I spent almost a day help getting him to help me understand how to have a practice like that. So yeah. I, 
I think the mistake is is assuming that, and I, I kind of made this mistake in one of the last books I wrote on the super general dental practice. The word super had nothing to do with the size of it. It it it, it really was a balance in profitability, the amount of time you spend there, the excellence that you create, and the relationships you have with your patients, you know, uh, all those things that make it work well. I would think most doctors look at their practices when they get critical and go, I don't have enough new patients, I don't have enough profit, I don't, you know, those things. And we certainly talk about those. But I don't believe that a coaching relationship can be done well, and I'm getting ready to step on toes here, so, uh, you know, done well just with phone coaching. I, I, you, know, I, you know, when we work with clients, they decide to work with us, we're there every four to six weeks, and, uh, and that's why we get better results quicker because in the process of being face-to-face with the staff, they own the problem. Uh, I think as dentists, we've all seen this happen. You know, you, you have a perio patient that you explain the condition. Uh, they acquiesce or agree to the treatment modality, and, you you know, they do scaling and root planing, laser, one app, whatever you're doing, and they get better. And then they disappear. And you see them five years yeah. later with the same problem. Yeah. They were thinking you were going to heal them, and I think most most doctors wished we could just lay hands on them and they'd be healed. You know, when I'm talking to them the first time, or first two or three times, I've talked to doctors for two years before they've done coaching. Uh, I'm not a very good closer. I, you know, I'll send them anything I've got for free. I'll talk to them, walk through it. At some point, they'll be ready for some hands-on help, and, and I just am not real pushy about it. So, uh, anyway. So, yeah. that's kind of how it starts out. And then if we can build a relationship built on trust and the fact that they kind of understand where they are. I mean, once they own the problem, most folks end up being incredibly good clients because they know that we can't just fix them. You know, I mean, we, we can't just, you know, there's not a magic formula. This is hard work. And I, I don't know if you were talking about Raleigh Peock in Salem, but is that who yeah. you're talking to? Okay. Yeah. Raleigh, Raleigh was funny. I mean, you, you know him. I mean, he's a really nice guy, young, uh, naive. Uh, his wife is probably, a, you know, Amanda's probably a better dentist than he is. Uh, she's real sweet. He's real aggressive, you know, business like that. They buy a Medicaid practice and a poor general practice with a wall separating the two right after they got out of dental school. And that's kind of what we inherited was, you know, like, oh, my gosh. You know, I felt like Dr. Phil. What were you thinking, you know? Uh, <laughs> and I think they both had $300,000 worth of debt, you know, uh, so – that, that's the new strategy for dental students. Fall in love with another dental student and come up with twice the amount of debt, you know, that you would have if you'd been single when you graduated from dental school. Uh, oh, yeah, it's twice it's the really interesting. It was interesting what he said about that relationship with, with me or with, with some. It was, it, was, it was funny because he goes, you know, I thought these guys were just going to come in and fix everything. They didn't do that. They came in and taught me how to fix it, and they made me decide – why I wanted to fix it, you know, what was the why, and, and, you know, I wanted to educate him and her to the point that they could at some point replace us, uh, I mean, certainly we want a, a long-term relationship, but, you know, at some point, you know, we got to cut the umbilical cord, and you need to make decisions on your own, we just want to give you the tools to do that, and then, you know, fix where you are now, help you get better, and then, 
let you make the mistakes you need to make to, to grow your practice indefinitely. And that's kind of what he's done. And he was a good, he, he was a good, uh, uh, a good coaching client. So. Good. Um, it, you mentioned a couple of things. Um, number one, I, fortunately I don't do phone coaching. I, um, I'm not much of a coach. Um, I'll, I'll provide somebody information and, yeah. um, if they want some interpretation or my thoughts on it, I'll be, I'm always sure. happy to give somebody my thoughts, but no, you're not stepping on any toes. I'm, I'm not a great, I'm not a good coach. I decided that early on after, um, after giving it a shot and I decided sure. that, um, I just, that just wasn't my forte. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't do that. Um, you mentioned the super general practice and I wrote a note about that okay. and, and, and the, and the gentleman you, you refer to that basically, you know, worked out of a closet, it sounds like, yeah. um, I have a client a lot like that in California, yeah. and um, she's amazing. She has no receptionist, no hygienist, no front office person, no dental assistant. This woman is the super dentist, and she does implants, dentures. She does it all. Um, mm -hmm. And I asked, you know, you know, first first time I talked to her, like something like maybe what you might have, what you sort of alluded to was, I said, you got to get yourself, you know, you have to have a receptionist. You can't operate without, you know, she's like, no, I answer all the calls. I said, okay, right. well, if you want to answer all the calls, she goes, it's all about me. This is my business. People sure. want to deal with me. I was like, hey, you do whatever you want. But now here's a woman that's put her one of her kids through a four, four years of college, um, right. you know, cash. I mean, she's yeah. she's got a super low rate, and it works for her. But right. most people couldn't pull that off. So you're right about it has to be what they want. Um, and it can't, what they want isn't what you or I want. It's something that they sort of need to design and, and, you know, then, then we can help them, you know, guide them to ask the right questions to, to make it work for them. But that's really cool. I love hearing those kinds of stories because it gives you a different perspective of what everybody else is doing and thinking. And I've always been taught and I've always taught others that don't do what everybody else is doing. Um, you'll get what they're, you'll get what they've got. You got to, you know, make your own way and swim against, swim upstream, swim against the current and get something different. So I love that. I like that advice. Um, so, uh, how, what kinds of transformations? I mean, um, well, before I get to that question, let me ask you this. Okay. Let's say, I'll give you a, for, for instance, you walk into an office, they're doing, you know, 80 to a hundred thousand dollars a month. And the doctor says, uh, Michael, I want to go to the next level. I want to get this practice to 250000 a month, and I want to be the CEO, the CFO. I want to run this business. I don't want to have to work in it. What sort of um, transitional things immediately pop in your mind? Like what kinds of uh, things go off in your head that sort of say, okay, well, he's got to do X, Y, and Z, and he needs to do that by this time? Can you maybe give us an idea? Because I've got a lot of members that are in this position where they are building that they're building, you know, a very large business. Uh, I've got a couple members that are pushing um, real close to a million a month. And, um, yep. you know, they're always asking me, hey, what do you think about this? And, and we're pushing new ground with these guys. So, you know, I'm just kind of curious. What would you what would you look at or talk to or think about or? Well, I, again, you know, a million dollar a month business is, is not that hard to do if, if you've got the right type of leadership. Most of the time, the people that want to do it are, are the exact people that could never do it. And so <laughs> you, you kind of have to tip that mirror up and let them look at themselves and go, okay, well, let's take a look at your practice. Okay, now you've been practicing 15 years, and you know, you're barely doing 83000 a month. You're doing a million dollars a year, whatever it is. Uh, I said a third of that is hygiene. So 
let's say they're doing 90,000, 30,000 of that is, is hygiene. So you're doing 60. That means you're doing two or $3,000 a day. That means your hourly production is about three or $400 an hour. You know, I, I would I would encourage doctors that are, are going to go along that path, buy multiple practices, expand practices, and, and not actually work in them. You have to become a great leader, but it, it helps if you have a great model to reproduce. I, it, you know, they come out with, you know, 3D CAD CAM generated, you know, computers that will make anything you want now. The problem in a dental practice is that generally the second office is a poor reproduction of what the original office has, and we don't have the horsepower or the personality or the, the you know, all the time control that the doctor brought to that office. So it's a different animal altogether. For me, multiple offices have always been fun, but they had to be staged in a certain way that I could get the same productivity whether I was working there or someone else was working there. And that's difficult to do for most doctors. Their systems aren't good enough. Certainly their benchmarks in, uh, you know, they think their systems are pretty good. But when you start benchmarking that against, let's say, a single practice that's doing a million dollars a month, it, it pales miserably. And we're talking about percentages, so the dollar amount doesn't matter. I mean, you have a doctor who's been out there 15 years, he's got one hygienist. Well, gosh, if he just has the average number of new patients of 25 to 30 new patients a month, that's 360 or so a year. A normal hygienist can see about 400 a year if she sees them twice a year. He's throwing new patients, scaling, root cleaning, multiple recalls. All of a sudden, you know, you're looking just going, dude, you, you know, you've been in practice and you still have one hygienist. They have more people leaving the practice than they have coming into it. I mean, and, and they're clueless that that's a problem. And so, you know, when I look at that, if someone were to come to me and they wanted to do that, then I'm going to want them to take a real hard look at exactly where they are now. And once they own that, then they need to decide, okay, do I really want to do this? If I do, what am I willing to do to make it happen? Most doctors aren't willing to do that, and the ones that are are fun to work with. They're real fun to work with. We've got a, we've got a client in uh, uh, Bossier City. Louisiana, that uh, started out about seventy thousand. They're doing about million two a month now, and with a fifty, I think it's fifty-five or fifty-six percent overhead. So, I mean, those kind of practices are fun to work with, and it's just that I don't think most doctors realize the leadership skills it takes to do that. Yeah, you're right. Um, leadership. I wrote an article a little while ago. <clears throat> about leadership and um you know all I did was I just took a, almost every excuse I'd ever heard over and over again from a from a client and member and um just traced it all back to leadership and it really all does come down to leadership um you know your your skills to delegate your skills to forecast your skills to um you know um impart uh empowerment among your team I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and yeah, I mean, if you don't have the leadership, um, you, you just don't have it. And, um, and I'm, I'm not trying to – I certainly am not tuning my own horn, but um, one of the things that I will commonly lay on the, on the desk for a doctor is, you know, um, my office does over a million dollars a year. I'm never there for more than 10 minutes a day. Uh, today was an exception. I was there for about an hour today, this morning. 
meeting with my office manager, but I, I don't spend any time there. Uh, never, I've never seen a patient because I wouldn't know what to do with them. I'm not a dentist. But one thing that I did know how to do was find one person who has found everybody else. So I found an office manager that is absolutely amazing, and she has built a team around herself and the doctors that are there. And, um, I mean, if I can do it, <clears throat> boy, I, I got to tell you, I mean, it, 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 all the leadership skills it takes is to get out of the way and better yourself and hire somebody that's better than you to run the business, and, and you can make it happen. Um, every time I look at an office who's, that's doing really well, like this office you're talking about in Bossier City, it's part and parcel to the, to the doctor getting out of his own way and empowering people to run the business for him and report to him while he holds and maintains the vision. You know, one, one thing that I think stands in the way is that I think most dentists consider good leadership to look like something it's not. And, and I think most, most doctors think that, well, good leadership would be the results that, you know, good production, good overhead, good this, good that. I think most doctors lead or run their offices uh, in such a way that they can get staff to comply to what they want done through rules and regulations. But but the benchmark isn't that. The, the benchmark is being, and kind of the, I think for me at least, the, the, the first skill of a leader is defining what's reality, you know, what's your vision, what's core in the practice. And, and, you know, you do that well and you become a good leader, what it's going to look like is this. Instead of having people comply to what you want done, they actually commit to a vision. They're so committed that they don't need the rules and regulations anymore. They're self-policing. It's almost like the staff take over an ownership mentality, and it becomes our practice, not just your practice. And I, I don't see enough doctors that understand leadership. And there's a good book out there called Turn the Ship Around, uh, written uh, by, I think it's Lupton, as I remember. I, I don't remember right off the top of my head, but it's it's a nuclear uh, captain, you know. And the Navy is horrible leadership model. I mean, it's always a, a leadership follower type deal. And I like the book because it really keyed in on a leader-leader type of organization. You know, we create leaders in every position in our office. And in this particular case, you have a, a office manager that's probably doing that, and she's surrounded with people that really have committed to that vision that she has for your practice, and that goes along with what you want. It gives you the results you want. Uh, but, I, again, I, I just don't think doctors have a very good example or, or benchmark for leadership in the healthcare model. And so, again, dentistry is just a small consumer-driven business. I, I think we can get a lot of our lessons from things that have nothing to do with healthcare or dental practice. In fact, if you benchmark a dental practice or health, you're probably 10 or 15 years behind the corporate world. And, and so, you know, reading, you know, studying things other than dentistry will really benefit you. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. And, and uh, at some point, I mean, there's gotta be a, um, a breakthrough for a doctor to see, you know, the value in leadership and, and uh, you know, taking some of those, Folks like John John Maxwell, John C. Maxwell, sure. and and uh, 
you know, diving into learning about leadership and management and, um, and setting fine examples, you know, for their, for their teams and, uh, you know, and then of course holding people accountable. Hey, Jerry Jones here. Thank you for joining me on this edition of the Jerry Jones radio show. You've reached the end of this segment and in just a few days we'll post the next or in some cases, the final segment of this show. You can always listen in to the next segment or show by visiting jerryjonesdirect.com forward slash podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or find the show at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Jerry Jones. For more information about Jerry Jones Direct, go to jerryjonesdirect.com or give us a call, 503-339-6000. Our member ambassadors are standing by to assist you. And once again, thank you for listening to The Jerry Jones Radio Show. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.